thank you for listening or watching this today's episode of uh, Talking Sports with Evan and uh, joined here today by guest uh, Jen Mack. You guys are on Packaday Podcast, Open Book with Game Out of Wisconsin, and then a number of other projects that she's done as well, including Pack Report, uh, Pack Report. And I know also you did a series with uh, former Packer tight end uh, Brandon Bostic as well, which is a you know really, really nice lead up. So I just want to say thank you for uh, for coming on and spending a few moments here tonight getting ready for Packers and uh, Saints coming up on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's definitely been a roller coaster of an off season. So the fact that we're now what three days away from kickoff, it it's relieving to know we're finally here. <laughs> NFL football yeah. starts very shortly here with uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys. So yeah, we're finally here and I'm really excited considering where we were in April when a lot of nonsense was going on to be here with the team that we have and the situation we're in. I, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to what this season has to offer. Yeah. Roller coaster of the off season, but not the fun kind. Like some roller coaster. Right. Fun. <laughs> this is one that you, you, you after you're done with, you know, I, I can't do this right anymore. So hopefully we don't have to take this right anymore after 2021, which, you know, we'll hopefully we have a Super Bowl win after having to figure out what happens next offseason. But before we do dive into um, the 2021 season and then the Packers and Saints game, um, as I mentioned, you did do a series with uh, former Packers tight end Brandon Bostic, uh, talking more on the um, like mental health side of things. Can you just kind of share uh, where, where that idea kind of stems stem from and where people can catch that? Yeah, so uh, summer got a little bit busy, so we haven't put out an episode in a while. But basically, um, you know, I have my own mental health struggles that I go through, and I'm starting to feel more comfortable putting those things out onto my platform. I think that the most important thing you can do is to just have those conversations. So now that I kind of have this this following, I try and get that out a little bit more, and I've realized by doing so, I find out a lot of other people kind of go through similar struggles. And Brandon was kind of one of them who obviously Packer fans, I don't need to hash out kind of some, some of the reasons why, but um, he's just somebody who advocates a lot for it. And I, I just really like the idea of maybe doing something um, more with sports and mental health, trying to get a combination of things. So I ran the idea through say it again network and they loved it. And then I reached out to Brandon and he loved the idea. So yeah, it just kind of, um, something that I've always kind of wanted to do, build that mental health platform since it's something that I'm passionate in helping other people with. Um, so kind of being able to mesh that with sports because I know it's kind of a, a tough thing for a lot of people to talk about in sports. And that's still an area where I think that conversations need to be had more. And I think I was, um, it kind of came after a lot of the Dak Prescott stuff and he who shall not be named made some comments that made me sick to my stomach. And I was like, you know what? I think that we just need to kind of really break the stigma with mental health and sports. And especially in men too, I think that they kind of get a little bit more heat than women do when it comes to that kind of stuff, just because they're supposed to be, you know, the tough athletes. And I, I don't think that's the outlook we should have on it. So that's kind of, kind of a lot of the reason why we want to do what we do. I think that Brandon and I both bring, very different points and views to the mental health community. And, you know, everybody struggles a little bit differently. So being able to kind of have a couple different perspectives, just telling their stories and then also getting people on, giving people a platform. It also opens up other conversations as well. 
Yeah, and I greatly appreciate the series because I have an uncle that deals with mental health uh, issues, and I, a lot of the clients I work in social work full-time, and a lot of them deal with, uh, and they have a hard time expressing, you know, that they do have uh, issues they need to get help for because they're mm -hmm. teenagers and they think, you know, they're all fine and dandy and everything being kids. But, so I think it's an important topic to talk about, and it's one that I I hold very dearly as well. So I appreciate that series, and I can't wait till the next one. So, Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, moving on, uh, the main purpose of the show. So the Packers open 2021 season, 325 Central Time, first kick against the Saints, um, kind of a rematch from last year, regular season, but different in a way that it's going to be played in Jacksonville, and no Drew Brees uh, playing quarterback, which is definitely different. Before we do really jump into that game, what do you, for 2021 as a whole, where do you see uh, the, you know, where do you see the Packers season going? You know, Matt LaFleur, two years in a row, 13-3. and three. Obviously, he can't go 13-3 and three again this year uh, since they added a game. Where do you see the season going, and what are the biggest question marks for you going into 2021? Yeah, well, I, I've said it a few times. I think that this is Matt LaFleur's third year with 13 wins, except now it's just going to be four losses. So I think that they're still going to have a, su a successful season. I do think that there's some tough matchups on some short weeks and uh, away games and stuff like that that could play some factors. But I do think that this is still going to be a championship caliber team. I I think you and I and everyone else are really hoping that this is the year that they get over that NFC champ game hump and make their way back. And I think that they have all the components to do so. I think that they've kept a lot of guys that can help them. And they've also kind of filled some voids. And that's kind of my biggest question mark. I know I've mentioned multiple times, it's the offensive line for me right now. Um, you know, they they drafted who they hope is Corey Lindsley 2.0. So we'll kind of get to see what he looks like in a game situation. No Bakhtiari for the first six weeks, at least. Um, you know, you got Newman in, he's also a rookie. So that's a lot of different components happening, but the Packers have always had such great depth at the offensive line that I'm not necessarily worried about it. I'm just really interested to see how long that this line lasts and if they're going to have to make any tweaks or anything like that. But yeah, I think that the offensive line is a huge question mark for me as well as the backfield, which I feel like that has kind of been the Achilles heel for many, many years now. But I think Kevin King has a chance to come back and, and prove it. Um, I think that I he has, yeah, yeah, if he can stay healthy, I think he has the ability to come in and, you know, his, his ceiling, he plays like when he, when he's playing at a ceiling, it's phenomenal, but it's almost kind of like what I was saying about MVS a few years ago with, you know, his highs are high and his lows are low. He, him and Kevin King are the same way in that way. So I'm hoping that Kevin King can stay healthy, play consistently at a high level, but if, if need be, again, we'll kind of see if Eric Stokes can come in and fill that. So kind of a lot of question marks in that area too. So offensive line and then the backfield for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the offensive line piece. Um, anytime you have two rookies starting, um, it's going to be difficult, especially when they're playing side by side. Now, if one was a tackle on the one side and guard on the other, it's a little bit different. But the fact that they're side by side, you don't really have, you know, like when Elton Jenkins, first started, he had Bakhtiari and Lindsley to his left and his right. Right. Um, so they could cover up for a lot of things that he may have needed help understanding better being a rookie. 
because um, there's things you see at the NFL that you don't ever see in college, especially a lot of offenses in college are widespread open and defenses are, you know, there's not a lot of defense in college football, let's be honest, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the one thing the Packers do have the benefit of, anytime you're not having your left tackle for six weeks, the one benefit they do have is Elton Jenkins is able to pretty much play anywhere on the offensive line at an extremely high level. Um, obviously, he's a great guard, but from what I've read about camp or during camp is he's also a pretty good left tackle, too. Um, mm-hmm. There's obviously going to be some growing pains, but the benefit is you're playing the Saints in Jacksonville rather than the Superdome. But just you look at uh, uh, Jenkins, just how valuable do you see him being, being the, how versatile he can be? Yeah, absolutely. And they're really lucky to have a guy like that, especially with injuries last year and then obviously going to the season with without David Bakhtiari. So the fact that he can be so versatile, he he's kind of just a weapon on the offensive line. You can plug him in anywhere and he's gonna he's gonna shine. And that's that's huge to have. Um as long as, you know, the guys next to him are also doing their jobs, it makes it a lot easier for him. So hopefully they all just kind of mesh really well. I know uh, during a couple of those preseason games, we saw some flukes here and there from Newman, you know, tripping up Kurt Benkert a couple of times there. But hopefully those are just flukes out of the way because, yeah, there's a lot of veteran talent as well as rookie talent. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how that goes and the matchups that everybody's offered. Yeah, you talked about the defensive backfield being a concern. And I know there are a lot of people that were – uh, very concerned with Matt LaFleur's choice to be the defensive coordinator this year and Joe Barry as in his two previous stops, he hasn't had the best success, but I also don't feel he's also had the talent level that he has in Green Bay. Right, yeah. What are your thoughts on that Joe Barry coming in as a coordinator? Yeah, I think I'm always somebody who likes to give a guy the benefit of the doubt coming in. You can always look at um, some previous records and stuff like that, but yeah, you have to also look at who he was working with and the talent that he's coming in to work with is incredible. He's got a, a fantastic squad here that he's working with and the the depth that he's working with. And I really like the way that he was coming in and one of his biggest focuses being tackling, which is huge because that's kind of one of the biggest concerns I have against the Saints is tackling Camaro. So <laughs> yeah, that, he he's kind of the only guy I'm truly worried about going into this game. But yeah, I think uh, I want to give Joe Barry the benefit of the doubt that, you know, his past is his past and he did his, you know, you can only do so much with the talent you're given. And he really fell into a phenomenal talent pool here with the Packers. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with them and the schemes he's going to drop. Only a few concerns, obviously, you know, Vernon Scott being hurt, that kind of skims out your safety room a little bit. So we'll kind of see how he positions guys and where he puts them and how he lines them up. But yeah, I think that the talent he's working with, if he can scheme it correctly, this is going to be a really dangerous defense and if they can perform yeah. to their level as well, because he can only do so much, the players also have to do their part. Yeah, it definitely can be a scary defense, especially where you have uh, Preston Smith, who looks much leaner, and he has a lot to motivate him this year, as mm-hmm. he probably wants to get paid, and he gave up a lot of money for uh, incentive-based uh, bonuses. Uh, Zadarius Smith, obviously, you probably saw what uh, T.J. Watts just got paid today, so I'm sure he right. wants to uh, – <laughs> try to match that if not uh, get about the same and then a guy who I think is going to have a, a huge year and one of my bold statements is I think he's going to be a sleeper 
dark horse for defensive player of the year is Rashawn Gary. I think this is mm-hmm. the year he completely takes that next step. So a lot of pieces there on defense. And Savage is another guy Rodgers has been um, extremely high on uh, during training camp as well. And, you know, Barry talked about that star position. I've heard his name pop up as a guy that could uh, potentially play that role. And you got to love Joe Barry's energy, too. Like, Petten oh, yeah. had the looks of a guy who's a tough SOB, a lot, you know, Stoko, Steve Austin, but, you know, he didn't really play that role. He's very quiet and reserved. But Barry's not afraid to get in the face at all. Right, which I think that, you know, that energy can – it can boost the team so much, too, to have that, you know, you, you kind of need the energy to keep going. And uh, kind of back to your point with Rashawn Gary – there's some injuries to the Smith Bros right now. So, yeah, he definitely has a chance to step in and take a lot of snaps and maybe earn a starting spot. Yeah, Preston, he, he was on the injury report today. So, yeah, uh, yeah, and then, you know, obviously Z's been dealing with his back. And, yeah, I feel I feel like Z's just having a, a rough time right now. You know, he, he seemed to maybe be a little bit upset about not getting – the C on his chest this year with the captainship and um, obviously dealing with some injuries. So yeah, you kind of wonder what his pay is going to look like when he's looking at guys like TJ Watt. But yeah, I think Rashawn Gary has a really good chance to step up and break out this year, especially uh, with the guys ahead of him dealing with some injuries. It could be a chance for him to prove himself in that role and kind of take over, which would be awesome to see our draft pick from a few years ago, finally cement himself into a role like that. And I, I don't know how big of an issue you see this being, but last year, obviously, the offense was clicking at our cylinders. Rogers, MVP, Aaron Jones had another great year. Devontae Adams, a monster year. MBS starting to put it together by the end of the season. But mostly it was done in empty stadiums. Um, the Superdome last year, I think they had a few hundred people there. And for the, but for the most part, it was pretty empty stadium, so you didn't really have a true road atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Packers avoided this week. But do you see that playing a factor at all in the Packers' offense, especially with two rookies playing that offensive line? Yeah, I think it absolutely plays a factor. And, yeah, especially with those rookies who maybe aren't used to that NFL noise. And I guess I, I don't know enough about the schedule to know when they're playing in domes, when they're playing outdoors or anything like that. But it absolutely plays a factor. And – at stadiums, like we're kind of getting lucky, you know, second year in a row, not having to deal with the noise at uh, New Orleans Stadium. So um, I think that that benefits them a lot, unfortunately, for the Saints, you know, going and playing in Jacksonville, you don't get your your true home field advantage with that, especially against a team like the Packers, who, you know, Matt LaFleur has come out and said he needs things quiet when they're on offense to his own team. So imagine what opposing teams are going to want to do when Aaron Rodgers and company are on the field. So, yeah, I think it definitely plays a factor, especially with those those indoor fields. I know, you know, coming to Minnesota, that's a tough place to play simply because of the noise. And, um, yeah, it, those are the kinds of things that are going to be a lot different from last year. But it also, on the other side of things, it gives them more of their home advantage as well because Lambeau Field is so incredibly loud for having no roof on it. It, it also benefits them in that way as well. Yeah, it's definitely a loud stadium. I've been there for uh, Packer games twice, family night once, and then I'm going to uh, Packers Rams this season, which I'm super excited for, especially with Charles Woodley getting his uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. That tonight. Um, definitely can be loud. So um, I mentioned 
uh, bold predict prediction of mine is Gary as a sleeper for Defensive Player of the Year. Do you have any uh, bold predictions or any sleeper awards, people that could, you know, sleepers for uh, play or awards or anything like that? Yeah, I kind of mentioned this earlier in the week on Open Book that I do on Tuesdays with Game on Wisconsin that I could see Kevin King kind of being an unsung hero this season if he can really break out. I know I mentioned it about 10 minutes ago here, but he's somebody who I think that there's so much potential, but no matter what he does at this point, he's not really going to get the recognition he deserves because I feel like people are more looking for his flaws than his success. So I really think that he has an opportunity here to make something of himself on this prove it deal and help the backfield be a lot better than it was last year. And he, he knows that he made some mistakes and that he is partially at fault, but it's not all just on him. So I think that this is really going to be a year that he can kind of break out and kind of be that unsung hero on the defense and make some really good plays because he has, he has uh kind of like that big body that you want defending guys and he's got the speed. So if he can just kind of keep up with guys and, follow them in the field and, you know, maybe Joe Barry's scheme fits him better than whatever Penton was working with. So I think there's a lot of opportunities here for him. And then I kind of mentioned how his shadow on the offensive side has kind of been MVS, you know, the ceilings and the floors and MVS is also someone who I could see really having a breakout year. I think we saw phenomenal flashes from him last year, but, you know, everybody focuses on the big drops and stuff like that. But, you know, Adams wasn't the best when he was younger either. So some of these guys take a few years to develop. So I think that that's kind of where MVS is going to be at. I think he's going to have a really, really great season and it's going to make it tougher defenses when you're trying to cover Adams and then all of a sudden MVS is turning into a superstar. It's going to make it really tough. I agree with you on MVS and the Packers run an offense uh, with Matt LaFleur. We saw the offense run in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan in, in L.A. with uh, Sean McVay. It gets people open. And Robert Tanyan, or Tanyan was running wide open quite a bit um, this past season with his uh, outstanding year. So my guess is defenses are going to probably work on shutting down Tanyan and Adams, and that's going to leave a lot of potential one-on-one matchups for MBS over on the other side. And he's one that could definitely flourish under that, especially if he's fine-tuned um, some of the other aspects of route running, because obviously he has a, like a ton of speed to get down the field. But if he can fine-tune that route running and sitting in zones and, uh, you know, cutting you know cutting off the routes, uh, getting on that page with Rodgers when plays break down, like we've seen with Randall Cobb, we've seen with Devontae, seen with, uh, apologize for mentioning his name, because I know it's still a sore spot with Jordy Nelson. If he can learn how to just sit in those spots for Aaron Likes, he's going to get a lot of balls his way. Yeah, and I think that this offense, you know, you just kind of look at the pass catchers from tight ends to wide receivers to even, you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who can kind of contribute to that passing game. I think that it's going to be really hard for guys to figure out who to cover when, you know, you cover one guy and that leaves another open who has just as much potential. So, yeah, I think that this is going to be a really scary offense that I'm so excited to see. And just adding Randall Cobb makes it that much more special. And he's going to be able to come in and play a little bit of slot and also help Amari Rogers develop into a role too. That's going to really help him a lot in the future. Yeah. I was kind of, I don't, I don't think torn's the right word. Um, when the Packers reacquired Randall Cobb, because I see the benefits he brings to the offense, and I know 
you know, you want to make your, your star player comfortable, especially if he's unhappy. And obviously we saw Rogers. I don't, it probably wasn't to the extent that it was reported on, but obviously there's some unhappiness there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to try to please him a little bit, but at the same time, you mentioned Amari Rogers, you know, rather than being uh, thrown into a role as a rookie, that uh, main spot guy, which he may not be ready for. Now they can ease him in instead of just throwing him right out to the wall. So, Speaking of easing a guy in, and before we jump to Packers Saints, uh, Jordan Love, topic of the, the offseason, would he be ready to start if Rodgers didn't show up? Um, what are your thoughts on him uh, for the, I guess it would be probably the equivalent of a, a full game based off the action he got in game one and game three of the preseason? Yeah, it, it was definitely disappointing that he had that shoulder injury because I wanted to see as much of him as we could because obviously last year we didn't get a chance to and this year only three preseason games. So you don't have as much opportunity to really get to see him and showcase uh, what he can do. But I did really like the flash that I saw. I think that, you know, it's preseason, so he's being a little bit riskier with his throws. He's kind of trying to get comfortable. But I do think that, you know, obviously there's things to work on and that's the whole point of preseason. Um he kind of knew his role already with Rodgers coming back and kind of where he was at in that quarterback room. So I think that it was really fun to kind of see him kind of take charge of the offense and go out there and play a little bit. And yeah, I did really like some of the flashes and the connections that he was making with guys like Malik Taylor and unfortunately Funchess, who is no longer with the Packers, but it was just really fun to see him out there throwing and in a game situation because we obviously, this is the first time that we really got to see him in those kinds of situations. So it was a lot of fun. And I think that he does have some good potential, but I do think that he benefits a lot from getting to sit behind Rogers again and kind of learn from him because I don't see him being completely ready. And, you know, if he had to jump in, I think that he has a lot of talent potential, but I think it's just a matter of he kind of needs to develop that football IQ a little bit more, learn to read the field better and um, deal with more pressure situations. So I think that's where a lot where he can really learn from Aaron Rodgers the most is kind of just watching how calm, cool and collected he is when he's getting rushed or maybe his receiver isn't open and you kind of have to kind of figure out what you're going to do on the run and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that he he showed a lot of really great attributions to this team, but I think it's still a good thing. I'm definitely one for you know, letting quarterbacks sit for a couple of years just to kind of acclimate themselves to the NFL because I think that we've kind of seen in the past with some other teams when you got you just kind of get thrown to the wolves and you don't succeed the way you did in maybe college and stuff like that. And you see a lot of great, great prospects kind of fall to that. So I think that Jordan Love has a lot of great potential and I think that he's in a great situation. It's just a matter of what situation will he be in next year with that, but that's something to worry about at a later time. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, we saw about 20 years ago, 21 years ago, I'm trying to remember when the Texans came in the league. You know, we saw what happens if you put a quarterback out there too soon when they're not, when they're not quite ready and when they may not – and granted, the Packers are a different situation, but you put a quarterback out there too soon and you could completely uh, ruin them moving forward. Carr, David Carr never able to recover from – you know, his stint as a starting quarterback for the Texans, and you couldn't really latch on long-term anywhere else. So I agree with you for, unless you have a generational guy, you know, we're kind of bring him along slowly and let them learn the battle system behind the veteran, kind of like Robert did with Mark. You know, he right. sat behind the veteran, he learned, um, worked on his mechanics, his tools, and things like that. 
And if Jordan Love, you know, heaven forbid an injury to 12 did have to come in and play, I'm a, I feel a lot better after seeing him in these two preseason games, as well as seeing what I honestly feel are lesser quarterbacks than him out in San Francisco when uh, uh, Garoppolo got hurt. Mm-hmm. So they weren't winning, but they're still able to move the ball. And I think this offense has shown time and time again, it's a very quarterback-friendly offense. Mm-hmm. Packers just have the luxury of having a Hall of Fame quarterback running it. And his numbers get even better because it, it, it makes the numbers even better. Uh, Golf went to a Super Bowl running the offense. Garoppolo did. And, you know, they're decent quarterbacks, but they're not going right. to win Super Bowls on their own. So I'm kind of excited to see what Rodgers does in year three running the offense. So Packers Saints in Jacksonville, which is kind of weird to say, um, when you look at the matchup being in Jacksonville with the Saints, more of a neutral site, uh, what are some key things to take a look at on Sunday? Um, I think just playing in the Jacksonville heat is going to be something that we'll see is going to be a huge factor. You know, Packers, we have seen struggle in those warm weather games every time they go to California, although they did beat Jacksonville last time they were playing in Jacksonville. Um, I think that is just, it's going to be hot. I think it's going to be maybe 90 some degrees and obviously the saints get to pick their Jersey. So they're going to pick a lighter Jersey. So the Packers will most likely be wearing their green. Um, So hopefully everybody is hydrated and that doesn't play too much of a factor, but just kind of something that obviously looking at because they were supposed to play in new Orleans and it was going to be a much different temperature change. So um, yeah, that's definitely going to be one of the factors I'm looking at. Another one, I'm definitely going to be looking at Josh Myers to kind of see how he does game situation, his connection with Aaron Rodgers, uh, kind of see how he's doing. And I think that he has a great opportunity here. I think that um, because the Saints, they're kind of banged up a little bit on their pass rushers and stuff like that. So there's a chance for him to kind of ease his way into this role. But it sounds like he's already built up a great connection with Rodgers. So I'm excited to kind of see what he can do. And then I'm also, uh, I'm curious to see the special team situation because they're also under, under new coaching. So with Kylan Hill and Amari Rogers back there, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see. And I think that because the Saints team is, it's, it's such a different situation from when we played them um, almost a year ago now, you know, no Drew Brees, obviously not playing in new Orleans. There's a lot of different factors. So I'm excited to kind of see all these these factors that they worked in to become a better team kind of go into effect. And uh, it, it would definitely be cool to see Amari Rogers pull a Randall Cobb against the Saints. It's just unfortunate it won't be in the Metrodome. Yeah, the only thing missing if that were to happen, you don't have uh, John Kuhn to kind of pull him back up. When it looks like right. Maybe they'll, <laughs> maybe they'll throw Kuhn on the plane when they fly down there and... <laughs> Maybe so he can be the there to see it. and <laughs> Right. I mean, Packer, I'm a fullback person. So, you know, if they need to open up a spot for John Kuhn to come back so he can play fullback and do some special teams blocking, the more the merrier. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's, I think he kind of enjoys his, uh, his radio role position in Milwaukee. Uh, oh, absolutely. Daily show with Brian Boyd. I think he enjoys that a little bit. Um, then, you know, who could blame him, though? You know, fullback, they take a lot of shots. So, it's right. Packers, you know, Degara, I think, is going to be the, the fact, you know, kind of that, play that role. They're kind of really, you know, mm-hmm. you think about it. Kuhn, William Henderson, 
uh, Kowski for a couple of years, they usually always have this, you know, fullback that we all, myself included, fall in love with, and they don't have it this year. Right. Or last year. <laughs> yeah, very um, different. <laughs> Jameis Winston, he's, you know, he's a guy who has some quality arm strength. You know, he throws through for 5,000 yards in half a day, which I, I make the argument that, you you don't throw for five thousand yards on accident. Like you got to have some talent to throw for five thousand yards. Big issue for him has been decision making. Is this a game where you feel that if we see the Winston of the last time he was a starter, that this defense is one that can create a lot of turnovers? Because I know one of the things they seem to want to do under Barry is let's not get beat deep and attack the football which could potentially uh, take away some of those interception opportunities. But is this a game you see that they could uh, force some turnovers on Winston? Yeah, absolutely. I think with it being his first start with the Saints and, well, you know, regular season, um, and I think that the way that this defense is built, I think that there's definitely some opportunities to steal a couple from him. And if he gets a little too careless or tries to be a little bit too aggressive, this could be the kind of defense that makes him pay for that. And, I mean, yeah, he he has a great arm. He has a lot of potential, but he's also made those mistakes in the past. And maybe this is kind of one of those games where we get to take a little bit of advantage of that if he hasn't grown from those mistakes. So, yeah, I definitely think, especially, you know, with uh, the pass rushers that the Packers have, if they can kind of get that pressure, I think that also helps the the interception uh, percentage go up in our favor. Yeah, and the thing with uh, Winston, too, is he doesn't – well, he doesn't have, um, you know, their, their star receiver. Um, you know, he's out. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Emmanuel Sanders is in Buffalo now. So my question is, who is he going to – because Winston likes – you know, we saw Tampa Bay with Mike Evans. He likes to push the ball down the field. Who does he push the ball down the field to? Yeah, I, I truthfully think that this is a Camara game. I think that they're going to utilize him like they did last year and see that – Packers struggle. So I think that this, uh, if Winston isn't throwing the ball, I think that this is going to be a really run heavy game. Um, especially, I mean, I, the heat kind of takes away that a little bit, you know, if Kamara gets a little bit more burnt out. So, um, that kind of takes away those factors, but if they want to, if they want to beat the Packers kind of like they did last year, which, you know, they didn't on the score, but a lot of those, those plays, they really, really beat the Packers. So I think that Kamara is going to be, the biggest offensive influence. And yeah, I, I really don't know who Jameis is going to be throwing the ball to out there because yeah, a lot of guys beat up, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting. This, the saints team, there's just so many factors going into it for all. I know Taysom Hill's going to be out there running routes for Jameis Winston. And that's going to be how Sean Payton decides to utilize him in that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can always hope that Sean Payton, uh, tries to be the smartest person in the room like right. he was last year in New Orleans where the Saints were looking like they were going to drive to, to put the Packers away and they decided to do a, a quarterback sneak with Taysom Hill and then the Darius Smith knocks the ball off and recovers mm-hmm. it and then the Saints, you know, couldn't get that couldn't get that lead and ended up losing. Hopefully he decides he went to be the smartest person in the room and do something, you know, Yeah, like and again. with Will Lutz being athlete, hurt too, but, you never know what they like what kind of sneaky offense run, runs they're going to try and do with you know your kicker being hurt I don't know what they're they're going to cr- try and scheme up so that's going to also make for a little bit interesting offense on the Saints side of things 
Yeah, I would say we just had a quick, uh, quick issue with connection, but I think we're good now. So maybe you just got cut off right at the tail end of what you're saying on my end. So um, just like the very last thing you said, but kind of good thing the Packers protected their kicker on the practice spot then, because I'm sure the Saints would have been looking to acquire him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so back to the season, NFL, and then, you know, we'll wrap up the show. I don't want to keep you for too long. When you look at the NFL as a whole, we always see it every year. There's usually a team that surprises everybody. Last year, the Browns finally put it together. Um, when they've had the talent in years past, they just couldn't put it together. Last year, they finally put it together. Uh, we, you know, we've seen teams surprise. And then we've also seen teams disappoint. Like, And I feel sorry for Charger fans because it seems like every time I predict the Chargers to do well, they end up having all these Luke injuries, and so I, I don't pick the dark charges to do anything anymore because I feel bad for the fans. Um, but the Chargers always seem to disappoint when you think they're going to have a big year. Is there a team this year um, that could surprise everybody and make a playoff push? And is there a team that made the playoffs last year, a la you know, Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh, who uh, could disappoint? Yeah, well, it's actually funny that you mentioned the Chargers because that's who I was going to kind of pick as my – my sleeper team, um, you know, I think they had like a seven and nine record last year, but a lot of those losses were were really close. And, and you know, Justin Herbert's first year, I think that he he has a lot of potential, a lot of talent, and there's just something special about the way that he's playing right now at such a young age that I think that a lot of these games they're gonna they're gonna win those close games this year, and I think that they have a lot of potential to do so. And you know, you got Eckler at running back, so. Your, your offense has potential to be strong if you're the Chargers right now. And I think that this is the year that they kind of turn those those losses into wins. And, yeah, they could make that playoff push. I don't know how far they would make it through the playoffs because I do think that, obviously, there's still some struggles that need to be filled. But, yeah, I think that they have, they have a lot of potential. They're a lot of fun to watch right now, especially with Herbert and the way he's playing. So that's a team that I'm definitely looking to have a more successful year because last year it felt like they – it, they they looked more successful than what their record showed, and I think that is something that we will hopefully be seeing again this year. Yeah, I, uh, last year I picked them as a sleeper team, and because yeah. I uh, can't think of his name though, he's quarterback in uh, Houston. Um, I always thought he was a uh, little underappreciated in Buffalo, and I felt that with him they could uh, with the talent around him they could finally. Uh, uh, make a push, and then he ends up having the uh, injection go horribly wrong. Right, and, yeah. Uh, so I, I try not to make any prediction on the Chargers anymore. I think my <laughs> jinx went to the Ravens now because I picked them to finish second in the division. And now, and, yep, Gus Edwards. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and I picked them to finish second after Dobbins got hurt. So I, I did pick them before Dobbins officially on my show, but some of them my jinx went to the Ravens. So who do you feel – because um, I think there's probably three or four teams that truly can win the Super Bowl this year. Packers, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo. And I think San Francisco, if healthy, is kind of on the, you know, right there on the cusp. Uh, what teams do you have that you feel are going to uh, make that trip to uh, L.A.? Or teams, I should say. Um, yeah, I think that Right now, it's really hard to pick against those those top tier teams just because, you know, a lot of them are bringing back the same squads who they were really successful with last year. So 
I obviously am hoping that the Packers are ones to get there. And I still am pulling for a Packers bills Super Bowl. I think that would just be uh, the perfect situation, especially fan wise. Um, yeah. I, the Bucks, you know, last year they went all in. So we'll kind of see if you can go all in two years in a row. But yeah, I think that, you know, there's just so much storyline with the Bucks last year that it, it all just, the chips kind of fell the way they needed to for that story to have a happy ever after for them. So I, I don't know if I necessarily see them making it back. I think that they put a lot of eggs into last year's basket. So I don't know what they'll be working with today uh, or this season. I know they're playing today. I'm not watching them right now, so we'll kind of see how they're going, but, (laughs) but uh, you know, we'll see, this could be the year that maybe Tom Brady shows a little bit more age, but we've been saying that for 10 plus years now, it feels like. So, um, and yeah, 49ers, I feel like even if the talent's there, they're just kind of hitting a little bit of a drop and, you know, the Garoppolo Trey Lance uh, situation and, um, you know, they, they really had some injury prone players last year, which caused them to fall a lot. But I think that there's a lot of teams right now who are throwing young quarterbacks into the mix and it could either be really beneficial or it could cause a lot of problems. And that was kind of the Patriots kind of came to mind for me with, you know, who could really disappoint this year. I think that, you know, if Mac Jones doesn't perform the way everyone wants them to, this Patriots team that it sounds like they're building him up to be, they could really have a fluke year if he's not ready. And he doesn't have that veteran quarterback to really work under. I mean, he had a couple months with Cam Newton, but he also hasn't been the greatest quarterback as of late. So that's a really interesting situation coming out of Belichick's Patriots. So yeah, just a lot of, uh, it, it seems like it's a lot of quarterback situations that I'm looking at right now, you know, uh, Saints, who are usually a really good team. It depends on how Jameis performs. And, you know, the Steelers, who were such a solid regular season team last year, they bring back Big Ben. And I just – I think he – his time is up there. So I don't see too much coming out of that offense. And they also lost James Conner. And Juju is just – Juju, I don't know, worried more about dancing than playing football. So, yeah, I think that there is there is a chance for a lot of these top-tier teams to fall if, you know, these up-and-coming teams – can kind of match their weaknesses but yeah it's it's hard to root against you know those the Bucks Packers Bills Chiefs they're just such solid teams and you know yeah the Steelers maybe they could find a way because their defense is so solid and 49ers they're you know one piece away from either being really good or really bad it's there's just so much going on with it all that it yeah it's going to be really interesting and I think that kind of the middle of the barrel of the season right now with where guys are at and um, kind of where teams are at with their development. There's a lot of, a lot of guys who can make some odd pushes in the wild card. Yeah, definitely a lot of teams that can make that odd push. Uh, you know, they, they brought up the Steelers and Big Ben. I just, they don't impress me to the point for the fact that Ben can't push the ball down the field anymore. He has to truly think and dunk his way, kind of like yeah. we saw with, Drew Brees in his, this past year with the Saints, and maybe a year removed from his double surgery, maybe he gets some of that spring back, but he just didn't look the part last year. And yeah. In San Francisco, the reason why they impressed me so much, and I guess worry me, is their line play. Their offensive and defensive line were banged up quite a bit last mm-hmm. year. If that, if those two units are healthy, their line, like I, I'm, 
I played offensive line when I played football, so I'm a little biased here. But to me, games are one up front, and their line play uh, two years ago when they made the Super Bowl, was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago when they made the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs, they were just so dominant up front. So that's, that's what impresses me about them. But you mentioned young quarterbacks, so you're going to have Lawrence, Wilson, and Jones all starting. Uh, eventually, we're going to see Justin Fields, which I honestly hope we don't see Justin Fields this year because I brought up David Carr and him just being completely murdered by a bad offensive line in front of him. The Bears' offensive line not really good, so I think he would uh, he might get damaged there. And Trey Lance, two guys we might see eventually. Out of this rookie class, rookie class, the first round picks, who do you think is going to have the better year, Wilson? Uh, Jones or uh, Lawrence or maybe Fields and uh, Lance to get on the field. Yeah, I think just based on what I've been seeing, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are kind of the ones who look like they really fit well into their role like right away. Um, I'm obviously Zach Wilson was in Green Bay. They had those joint practices, so I got to see a little bit more of him than what I usually do non-Packers quarterback. So it was kind of fun to see kind of how quickly he looked comfortable in in the NFL situation in the preseason games. Um, I think the Jets are kind of one of those teams where they've been building for so long that, you know, they just need those last few puzzle pieces and they could potentially be a decent team. You know, they're not going to go from worst to first or anything this year like that, but they are st- starting to slowly put those pieces together. And same like Jacksonville, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence, he he's someone who – I really hope that there's not so much hype that if he, you know, has an adequate year as a first year that it's not, you know, calling him out as a bust or anything like that. Because again, another first year guy in a program that obviously has been struggling for a while now, and there's not a whole lot of talent around him. So um, I think once they can start to build both teams, once they can start to build around their now franchise quarterbacks who they're going to have long-term, I think that they could be in very beneficial situations. And I, yeah, I, I don't see them having extremely successful first years just because of who they're playing with and who they're playing for. But those are two guys that I think so early on, they look comfortable playing in the NFL and they look ready. And I think that's going to be huge for them where the other guys, they kind of, you know, are, questioning you know maybe they'll play later on maybe they won't they don't know exactly what their role is and I think that can also make it a little bit more confusing and then yeah you get guys like Mac Jones who all of a sudden now they're the starters so we're going to see a lot of young starters and it's going to be really interesting to see kind of who who can succeed and who maybe has a struggling first year yeah and you brought up a good point um, about just if they have an adequate year, they struggle not to label them a bust court yet. I think we don't have the patience anymore, like we saw with Arizona, where they drafted Rosen and then quickly decided they wanted uh, Murray instead. The Dolphins were rumored to be looking at quarterbacks in the draft this year, a year after drafting Tua, and looking into trading for Deshaun Watson. Um, remember, Peyton Manning was 3-13 and in rookie year. He went 3-13 and, 13 and uh, threw a lot of interceptions. And he's one of the all-time great quarterbacks in the NFL history now. So I think the patience needs to kind of come back and uh, in quarterback play a little bit. So Absolutely. That's my thought. So uh, I do want to say thank you for uh, coming on. Thank you uh, for 
uh, Peter for uh, watching. He asked a question uh, when I mentioned uh, TJ Watts money and Z. You know, can we afford these guys? I guess we'll see um, this offseason what the Packers are going to do. Um, I can't tell what his username is, but we do have uh, a fan of oh, there we go. Yep, that would be Zach. <laughs> I recognize it. Yeah, I didn't recognize the name. The dog I recognize. So Zach, thanks for watching, and then greeting gold uh, finger on Twitter. Uh, fan of yours as well. So I appreciate and me as well. Appreciate you coming on. Before we do end the show, if you want to just kind of let people know where they can uh, find your work and uh, your stuff, uh, uh, you know, to you know listen and read your stuff. Yeah, so the easiest place to find any of my work is on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. I do have a link in my bio to my link tree, which will take you to all the different places you can find my work, whether it's Packers football, football in general, sports. Um, I do a lot of hockey stuff, too. Um, my Minds of the Game stuff. So, yeah, that's the easiest place where you can go find all my content. I do during the Packer season, I have Pack-A-Day every other Tuesday. I have Open Book on Game on Wisconsin. Also, Tuesday nights, uh, I will be starting with Packer Report. Um, I'll be doing the preview shows as well as an article every week. So that's where you'll be able to find most of my Packers content. And then, yeah, you can just kind of click that link and find my other my other sports nonsense. So, again, I appreciate it. The uh, audio version of this will be posted tomorrow um, as I'm having some Adobe edition issues on my personal laptop, so i got to use my work laptop for that, and I forgot at the office today. So that will be posted tomorrow, and uh, I will be having a show on either Sunday or Monday to talk Packers and uh, Packers and Saints, and then again later in the week to preview uh, NFL week number two. So with that said, thank you for all those who are watching. Uh, thank you for those that will be listening. Uh, I will get back at you uh, sometime this weekend or early next week.